Hiya, I'm Alfred, the Connect Pastor at Every Nation Auckland City. We are a multicultural, multi generational, socially responsible church that makes disciples. We hope this message inspires you to honor God and make disciples. Good morning, Every Nation uh, Auckland. Uh, good morning to everybody in Tauranga, um, Hamilton, and anywhere else that I have forgotten. I want to thank you, Pastor Richard, for the opportunity to share the Word of God to you this morning. It's been a long, long time since I've been back. It's been four years since the birth of my fourth child, uh, Faith, and it's a real privilege and honor to share the Word of God with you this morning. So hopefully um, it'll be some form of encouragement to you. So let us pray. God, I thank you, Jesus, for, for Enoch. I thank you, God, for all the, uh, the connect groups all over Auckland and all over the North Island. Lord Jesus, uh, wherever they're watching, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you, that, that you would speak through me, God. I, I humbly come before you, God. I submit myself to you, Jesus. And I pray that this Word will bring encouragement, challenge, but also... Um, uh, I bring hope, Father, to a time and a season that we're all facing around the world. But right now, God, I pray that you would speak through me and bring revelation, open the eyes of our hearts in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. All right. My name is uh, Pastor Jared. For those of you who don't know me, I actually got saved here in Auckland uh, 22 years ago here uh, at Campus Ministry and uh, married my wife, Nicole. She's from uh, Kentucky, USA. And we have four beautiful girls. Uh, ages 12, 10, 6, and 4, yes, and they're all girls. So I'm very blessed. So thank you, Pastor Richard and Chrissy, for allowing me to, to, to share the word this morning. So let's get straight into it. I have decided when Pastor Richard asked me to share uh, something from my heart. So we're going through as a church in every nation, Fiji. They bring greetings to you as well. Um, uh, we're going through a series on called Redeeming Your Time, and uh, I'm going to share that word with you because it's really fresh on my heart. So uh, if you're writing notes, it's called Redeeming Your Time. I'm very fascinated with this word redeeming because Jesus is our redeemer. And of course, when COVID came to all of us the last two years, I mean, I don't know about, about you, but a lot of us have lost, have had some form of loss, whether it's a loved one or you were sick and it's kind of a setback in business and in, in, in momentum and in ministry and in, in, in church, all sorts of things has all affected us. But this word really encouraged me so deep that, that Jesus is my redeemer and he is in the business of redemption. Amen. So let's get straight into it. Um, many people, unfortunately today, they still believe these kind of thoughts. Because COVID hit, it's too late. Um, it's too late to start again. It's too late to hit the restart button. Uh, I, you know, it's too late. I'm too old now. You know, uh, it's too late because time has gone past and, and it, you know, all these kind of things. And uh, because this has happened, therefore, I can't do it anymore. And if anything, COVID and the pandemics has ever taught us is a lot of good things, but it's also taught us some bad things uh, to help to, to instill fear to instill there's no hope, to instill uh, no courage, so it's kind of shrink back. I don't even think I can do that again. I don't, you know. And I am so grateful that Jesus came down as our Redeemer to redeem. So I'm going to speak to you this morning. Hopefully, it's going to bring hope and encouragement that Jesus is our Redeemer on redeeming time because God is the author of time. He lives outside of time. We live in time. But thank God that He is the one who invented time, designed life, 
and we have hope. It's never too late for anyone. Somebody out there may need this word. You may have said, you know, I can't study anymore. It's too late. It's gone too far. I've done all this. It's never too late because Jesus is our Redeemer. Amen. So Psalms 101 and verse 9 says this. He has sent the redemption to his people. He has ordained his covenant forever. Holy and awesome is his name. Isaiah 54, 5. For your husband is your maker, whose name is the Lord of hosts, and your Redeemer is the Holy One of Israel, who is called the God of all the earth. Another one, Deuteronomy 15, 15. You shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt, and the Lord your God redeemed you. Therefore, I command you this day. Psalm 69, 18. Oh, draw near to my soul and redeem it. Ransom me because of my enemies. Again, all these scriptures in Psalm 34, 22. The Lord redeems the soul of his servants. He redeems the soul of his servants. And you're probably wondering, what does this mean, the word redeem mean? Let me quote you one more. Galatians 4, 4, 7. But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law. It says, when the set time had fully come, in the other translation, in the fullness of time, in the fullness of time, God knew this pandemic was coming. God knew this, this, this pandemic is going to push back in a lot of areas of our lives. But in the fullness of time, Galatians 4, 4, 7, God sent Jesus Christ to redeem those under the law. I have great news for you, ladies and gentlemen. So the word redeemer means one charged with the duty of restoring the rights of another and avenging his wrong. Jesus is our Redeemer. There's a song saying, my Redeemer lives. My Redeemer lives. So all these, these phrases. But here's our, what our two of the main texts I'd like to focus on today, this morning. It's found in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15, 17. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15 to 17. If you look at the, 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 the this book of Ephesians, it's so fascinating. You're looking from chapter 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. Paul established some very foundational doctrinal uh, things to the church of Ephesus. And he, he goes on to chapter 2. He talks about they were saved by grace through faith. And then he talks about sonship towards chapter 5. And this chapter 5 is almost like he, he, he establishes the foundation that was saved by grace. Here's a, here's a, 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 it's by faith. And then all the way through, in the end of chapter 5, it's more like, now what? What are we going to do with that? We are sons and daughters of the, of the most high, of King Jesus, and we're saved by grace and all these teachings and come to chapter five, the combination of all this. Now watch. Now that you're a believer, now that you're leaving, uh, leading a connect group, now that you are part of, of outreaches here at Enoch in the city of Auckland or Tauranga or Hamilton, now watch. Chapter five, verse 15 says this. Paul then goes like this. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Now that you're a son and daughter of God, now that you've been a member of Enoch, now that you're a disciple of Jesus, verse 16, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. I'll read it one more time. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. In other words, we need to be wise with our time, redeeming the time because the days are evil. What does the word circumspectively mean? It literally means looking in all directions 
cautious or watchful of danger. Which means on social media, if you are a follower of Jesus, you can't just say whatever you want to say. You can't just rant and say whatever you want to say. You have to be wise because the days are evil. You have to be wise what you say, what you post and everything. We live in a modern world right now where everybody puts everything on social media for the sake of transparency. And then it hurts the rest of the church worldwide. Let's keep going here. Uh, Look carefully then how you walk. This is what the ESV uh, version says. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise. Making the best use of time. Talking about God's will, perfect will. We find that in Romans 12 verse 2 is, in verse 2 says, Then do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and prove what God's will is. It's good, pleasing, and perfect will. What is God's perfect will? Glad you asked, but I want to tell you the meaning of the word redeeming. The Greek word exagorazo, which translates to mean redeeming. Here's what it means. Literally means to buy up or ransom. Redeeming means to buy up or ransom. In other words, when Jesus changes our life, it's just as you've never sinned. When he makes you a new person, you are a new creation. The old has gone. And he throws your sin as far as the east into the west. That means you are a brand new person. So Jesus is in the business of redeeming time. You're asking me, Pastor Jared, what do you mean? What does that mean for me right now? Whatever you've lost, he is in the business of redeeming you. Redemption, whether it's something that has happened a long time ago in your past where you've been hurt or uh, the enemy has taken things away. You know, God, that's why God sent Jesus to redeem us from our sin, but also he's in the business of redeeming our time. Here's different translations. Uh, and uh, ESV is by making the best use of time because the days are evil. The NIV version says it this way, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish but understand what the Lord's will is. You cannot just live your life however you want to live because you're a believer now, okay? So we need to be wise with our time, be wise with how we live our lives as followers of Jesus, especially now because the world is watching us, how we deal with the post-pandemic, how we deal with making disciples, how we deal with counseling people, and how we deal with reaching people, and and how we do church right now, the whole world's watching. Is these guys going to fold? Are these guys going to, is my friend going to live a different life now because of what has happened in the last two years? We've got to be wise with how we live our lives. So, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Um, maybe during the pandemic, you had some old religious way of thinking that needs to go. You know, we often hear Jesus talk about this um, the idea of a new wineskin, in order for new wineskin, you have to get rid of the old wineskin so that new wine, he can pour in new wine. And so I believe what the pandemic has taught us the last two years is to really test our foundations, see what's not good. We need to get rid of it. And Hebrews chapter 12 is when you throw everything off, either sin and the things that so easily entangles us so we can run the race marked for, for us. So I believe that was a good thing about the pandemic. And it has revealed what's really going on inside. We are called to redeem our time because the days are evil and we are running out of time. Tomorrow is not promised, ladies and gentlemen. Tomorrow is not promised. Maybe a lot of us, we found that we didn't spend enough time with our kids as parents or 
we've kind of forgotten about marriage because, you know, everything's about business and ministry, ministry. Maybe God wants to reprioritize our time. Let me tell you, it's not too late. As long as you have breath coming out of you, you're breathing in oxygen, you have time to redeem, to be redeemed because we can repent, turn away from it, and turn to God and begin again. You can start again today. You can start again today. So how do we manage our time as carefully and wisely as possible? Um, part of our response to the gospel is to redeem our time. So how do we do that? Number one, Jesus, the author of time. Let me illustrate this to you as a foundational, probably one of the most important points I'm going to make this morning. It's found in Luke chapter 8, verse 22, 24. It reads, this is uh, Jesus calls the disciples to cross on the other side. He said, one day he got into a boat with his disciples and he said to them, let us cross to the other side of the lake. So they set out and as they sailed, he fell asleep and a windstorm came down on the lake and they were filling with water and were in danger. And they went and woke him saying, Master, Master, we are perishing. And he awoke and rebuked the wind and the raging waves and they seized. And there was a calm. And, he, and there was a calm immediately. Um, let me put it this way. You know, when the storm came, Jesus was asleep. And the disciples immediately after they saw the chaotic around them, the chaos and the anxiety was coming. They literally went to Jesus and woke him up. You know what society, what we tend to do sometimes as believers? When there's a lot of chaos and a lot of anxiety that's looming because of storms coming in our lives, guess what we tend to do? We got to go step one, two, three, looking for peace. We got to do this A to Z because we are so wired in doing things to get the peace of God. But doesn't Philippians 4, 6, 7 says, do not be anxious about anything, but in prayers, uh, in every situation, by prayer and petition. Petition means you'll you're just keep praying, you keep praying. And with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. The disciples never went, did a course on this, this and that, so the storm can be calm. The disciples never had to go, I need to go through this program to do this, to get the peace. A lot of people go to do things to get peace. Even religiously at church, oh, I've got to go read my Bible. I've got to do this. I've got to pray. I've got to tick it off. And then I'll get that peace. The disciples were just, they were frantic. They were anxious. And guess what they did? They did exactly what Philippians 4, 6, 7 said. Do not be anxious for anything. But in every situation, prayer and petition, they went straight to Jesus. And guess what Jesus did? He got up. He said, Storm, hush, boom. I know it's simple. You're like, but Pastor Jared, there's certain things we've got to do. No, you don't. This is foundational, okay? And I'm going to explain to you, I'm going to explain to you why. He got up, Jesus got up, rebuked the wind and the raging waters, the storm subsided and all was calm. Just like that. You know why this is shocking? I know this may sound very simple, but our, const our culture constantly throws works-based productivity. I'll say it again. The culture today, our culture is constantly throwing us works-based productivity. In other words, oh, we've got to, we've got to have, you know, when you drown yourself with so much meetings and so much have to do, I understand the practicality. I've got to get to it in, in, a, in a minute, but it's important for me to lay this foundation because that's what culture throws at us. It's works-based productivity. 
instead of, hear it, grace-based productivity. From constantly throwing works-based productivity to grace-based productivity. I'll explain. Because through Jesus Christ, we already have peace. When Jesus said, it is done, it is done. Here's another example. The guy at the cross next to Jesus. I'm going to throw some of you off here right now. Did he go through a Bible study to go to heaven? No. <laughs> Did he get water baptized? No. Water baptism doesn't bring salvation. Remember that. Did he get in a healing course? No. Did he uh, do a, a, a step one, step two? No. Did he, he didn't even go to church? Immediately today, I'll see you in heaven. Jesus is more than enough. A lot of anxiety happening around today because we're always looking at the next thing to do. Worship is our response to God. It's our, that's our worship. Let me explain. Romans 5.1 says this, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. That's it. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. This is the most important point. Jesus offers you peace before you do anything. That's what the disciples experienced on the boat. Jesus was on the boat. That's all that matters. And they, when they petitioned and went to him and he came, brought peace. Matt Perman, an, a, a, a Christian author, said this, For Christians, peace comes first, not second. The mistake we often make is to make peace of mind the result of the things we do rather than the source. Time management tactics will never be your most foundational source of peace. As Christians, our ultimate source of peace, our ultimate solution to being swamped, is found in the God-man sleeping through the storm. It's Jesus in your boat. Because you can be doing all sorts of good things. But if Jesus is not the foundation, this is very basic right now. But I can't help it but lay that foundation as we journey through and transition through this last difficult season. As we try and come back to what God has called us to do. I want to look at this two ways. Psalms 90 verse 12. Teach us to number your days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. And, and uh, back to Ephesians, it says, See then you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore do not be unwise, but understand what the word of, what is the word of the Lord. Let's go back to John chapter 4, verse 34, 35. Remember the Jesus and the woman at the well? Jesus engages her, have a conversation, has a prophecy over her, word of knowledge. She's amazed. She radically gets transformed. By Jesus, who's not even supposed to be there to do that, he broke every religious rule and culture, uh, man, you know, cu cultural things, and he just Jesus broke all these protocols. And then the disciples came, hey, I uh, went to get some food, Jesus, uh, what's going on? Here's Jesus' response, verse 34, 35, which as I slowly wrap this up, he said, my food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Don't you have a saying it's still four months until harvest? I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields so they are ripe for harvest. I want to put this picture here on the screen. This is a picture of, uh, of, of surface, 
surfers who uh, go out to find a wave. You know, I'm not a surfer. <laughs> My brother's a surfer, but I watch people surf all the time. This is what I've noticed. When they go out, they actually wait patiently for the right wave. I've seen some waves and I'm thinking, yeah, yes, that one's that one. And they don't catch it. It's not the right wave. Jesus said to the disciples, open your eyes. In other words, open your eyes and understand my will. Watch the waves. Once the wave comes, the right wave, then you, you, you basically, you're supposed to ride the wave, not fight the wave. And here's what I believe as all of us connect groups, home groups, I'm not sure, forgive me for not making the right phrase here, but you get what I'm saying. Small groups everywhere around Auckland, New Zealand. When you're looking at breaking the code, cracking the code of your city, is you've got to listen to what the Holy Spirit and then open your eyes because the Holy Spirit is always doing something, but you've got to watch and see the wave. And then once you catch the wave, you know, to open your eyes, you won't see the wave, what the Holy Spirit is doing. And all you do is get on it and ride the wave. And by the grace of God, you'll see the breakthrough, the fruitfulness of God's perfect will that Jesus is talking about. My will is to do the will of my Father. My food is to do the will of my Father. Open their eyes and see what the Holy Spirit is doing. In other words, like surfers, they watch, they watch the, wave, the wave and the wind and they all that. And then they wait patiently. We've got to be patient. Sometimes it's not about go do, 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 do. It's like wait. Be still then know that he is God. It's praying fervently, seeking the Lord. Not just that, not, you know, as an individual too. Some of you that at work that are, are going to study, you know, you're probably like waiting and praying for a loved one or somebody to come to know Jesus. It takes a lot of prayer, a lot of waiting, a lot of patience as you engage them. And be patient, wait for the Holy Spirit as soon as you see it. You jump on it. My food is to the will of my Father. Here's a, uh, the point here is the gospel is our source of rest and ambition. The gospel, Tim Keller said it this way, the gospel doesn't only save us, it's the ABC of life. If you're waking up going to work, you're on a mission. If you are going to study at school, you're on a mission. Why? Because the food, our food is to do the will of our Father. Jesus only did what the Father asked him to do. Ephesians 2, 8, 10, as I come to close. We are saved by grace through faith. Verse 10, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So it's not works to work our way to please God. No, it's by grace. We've been saved by grace through faith. Therefore, I do good works. It's not the other way around. We have to be careful that we're not so gung-ho to do, 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 that we forget, hey, I'm saved by grace. Therefore, I do good works. Make sense? So uh, no matter how productive you are in this life, your status as an adopted child of God will never, ever change. And John 9, 4, really closing. Um, as long as it is today, we must do the works of him who sent me. Night is coming where no one can work. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. We're always on a mission. We are, God doesn't need us to be productive, but if we are honest, we often need ourselves to be productive in order to feel a sense of self-worth. Because, you know, working to earn someone's favor is absolutely exhausting. But working in response to unconditional favor is refreshing. So whenever you find yourself at a place where you're just grinding the wheel and nothing's working, maybe you need to come back 
to your first love. He said, I'm saved by grace. And the love of Jesus for me is overwhelming love for me. No matter what I do, nothing will change. My status will always be a child of God. Out of the abundance then. God only, you know, he doesn't give us things that we can be so exhausted and tired and not enjoy him. Amen. I, my prayer is that as you do the will of the Lord, as you seek him, as you come back to his grace, that you'll find the, the joy of the Lord once again, especially what the pandemic has done to a lot of us, kind of like bang, 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 bang. We're like, man, what's going on? I'm here to tell you the good news that Jesus is in the business of redemption. Amen. He is here to redeem every loss that you've had, every dollar that you've lost, every job that you've lost. He is here to redeem that once again. Why? Because he's going to give you a job much better. He's going to restore every relationship. There's going to be maybe some unforgiveness that's happened throughout the, the last three, four years. Right now, God is giving you an opportunity to make amends and to bring reconciliation once again. And last of all, uh, John 17, 3, 4. Now this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God in Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. The bottom line is to understand Jesus as your redeemer, even as a new believer, but also those who've been walking with Jesus for a long time, is that your ultimate goal in life as a believer, no matter where you are, what season you're in, is to know him. You cannot know to do his will if you are not spending time with God, if you don't have the, the right motivation to, to know Him, that you, you're not just reading your Bible to, kind of, to, to do checklists and to pray, I've done my prayer time, I'm good. But to know Him, to seek Him every minute, every second, no matter where you are, you are, your heart is postured in such a way because you love God. To know Him. And to understand his grace. Therefore, you will understand his perfect will, which is our food, is to do the will of the Father. Meaning you'll find so much satisfaction and joy in what you do because you've understood the fundamental thing that our peace comes from Jesus only before we do anything. Amen. Let's close in prayer. Jesus, I thank you, God, for Enoch. I thank you, God, for all that you're doing here. I thank you for our spiritual family here, Jesus. There's part of a global spiritual family around the world, especially in Fiji, Jesus. I pray, God, for an awakening. I pray of awakening of our love for you, Jesus, like never before. And, 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 and understanding that we are saved by grace, saved by grace through faith. And knowing that our peace comes only by understanding who you are, that you are the Prince of Peace. From then, we will understand the times and redeeming the time that you have given specifically for us to bring glory to your name. I thank you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thank you for joining us. To know more about Every Nation Auckland City, you can visit our website at www everynationauckland.city For more messages like this, you can subscribe to this podcast through Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you listen to podcasts.